It's Wednesday, March the 10th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Sino-American Summit talks and stimulus success. First, the world in brief. The White House confirmed that America and China are in talks to stage a summit, perhaps involving their highest level diplomatic and defence representatives to be held in Alaska. It would be China's first such exchange with the Biden administration, which will, by the weekend, have convened a summit of the Quad with Australia, India and Japan, allies keen on countering China's military presence. The Admiral leading America's Indo-Pacific Command yesterday warned that China might invade Taiwan in the next six years. The OECD said that Joe Biden's coronavirus stimulus package will add about one percentage point to global economic growth in 2021. America's growth rate will receive an even greater boost. The OECD revised its forecast upward from 3.2% to 6.5%. The $1.9 trillion subsidy program is expected to pass the House of Representatives this week after success in the Senate. The World Health Organization's biggest ever study of violence against women found that about a third have experienced physical, including sexual, violence. One in four have suffered it by their mid-twenties. Most of this is inflicted by intimate partners. 27% of women aged 15 to 49 in the study reported such abuse. Around 200 protesters, mostly students, who have been trapped overnight in a district of Yangon, Myanmar's biggest city, managed to escape after police left the area. At least 40 people were arrested for participating in the nationwide strike. Protests around the country have taken place since the military coup on February 1st. At least 54 people have died. The army closed five media outlets which covered the demonstrations. Brazil recorded its highest daily death toll from COVID-19. Nearly 2,000 Brazilians lost their lives to the disease yesterday. In total, there have been around 11.1 million coronavirus cases and 266,000 deaths recorded in the country. A report by Fiocruz, a Brazilian research institute, suggested that health systems in many cities are now close to collapse. Russia's COVID-19 vaccine Sputnik V will be produced in Italy at facilities owned by ADN, an Italo-Swiss pharmaceutical firm. It is the first EU country to agree to make the Russian jab. Under the deal, Italy will produce 10 million doses between July and January 2022. Sputnik V is yet to be approved for emergency use in Europe. And reports suggested that the Japanese government will bar overseas visitors from attending the Olympics this summer over fears they may bring new, more contagious COVID-19 variants into the country. The International Olympic Committee said no decision had yet been taken. Some 900,000 tickets are reckoned to have been sold outside Japan. And now, here's today's agenda. Big is back. America's stimulus. During last year's presidential campaign, Joe Biden's nostalgia for bipartisanship and centrism made progressives nervous. They wanted a fighter, not a compromiser. But today, the House is poised to pass and Mr Biden to sign into law his massive stimulus bill. It will not raise the federal minimum wage to $15 per hour, nor unemployment benefits from $300 to $400 a week, but most Americans will receive $1,400 checks. The bill disperses billions to state and local governments, school districts and vaccine development and distribution. It also expands the child tax credit and increases subsidies under the Affordable Care Act, which could help millions get health insurance. Politically, it showed that Mr Biden will not let his preference for bipartisanship derail his agenda. The bills passed both chambers on party-line votes. 
the era of big government declared dead by Bill Clinton 25 years ago appears to be back. Free to run. Lula and Brazil's politics. Yesterday, when a Supreme Court judge in Brazil annulled a series of corruption convictions against Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, a former president, it cleared the way for him to run again in 2022. Lula of the left-wing Workers' Party was barred from running in 2018 when outrage over the Lava Jato car wash corruption scandal helped elect a far-right populist, Jair Bolsonaro. The judge ruled that the cases were filed in the wrong jurisdiction. It could yet start from scratch elsewhere. Lula's newly granted freedom to run will fuel polarisation as the election approaches. In a recent survey, 50% of Brazilians said they could vote for him, but 44% said they never would. Meanwhile, 38% could vote for Mr Bolsonaro, 56% refused to. The risk of splintering the electorate has sparked calls for a broad front of opposition parties supporting a moderate candidate. But the various parties are divided on key ideological and economic issues. Going solo. Adidas and Reebok. Adidas and Reebok are going their separate ways. Adidas, a German sportswear giant, will outline plans to walk away from its sports shoe subsidiary at a strategy update today. Adidas has heavily invested in its online platforms since 2017, which helped cushion its revenues against the pandemic. It was, for example, able to offer customers better at home shopping using augmented reality tools and offered rewards linked to workouts. Boosts in online sales helped the firm's profits rise by 1.1 billion euros, 1.3 billion dollars from the second to the third quarter of 2020. But Reebok was left on the back foot, continuing its plodding performance since Adidas bought it for $3.8 billion in 2006. Reebok was supposed to help Adidas gain ground on its great rival, Nike, in North America, but Adidas has since proved sufficient competition with its core Three Stripes brand. Thus, it will give Reebok the boot, probably selling it for as little as 1 billion euros. An American in Paris Climate Diplomacy Five years and three months after the Paris Climate Agreement was adopted, John Kerry today returns to the city in his new role as Joe Biden's climate envoy. As Barack Obama's Secretary of State, Mr Kerry negotiated the deal at the COP21 UN summit. In London on Monday, he met Alok Sharma, the president of this year's COP26, scheduled for November in Glasgow. He also met European commissioners in Brussels yesterday. The purpose of Mr Kerry's tour, the State Department says, is to strengthen global climate ambition ahead of both COP26 and a meeting of world leaders that Mr Biden will convene on Earth Day, April 22nd. That is a worthy goal, considering that most countries' plans fall far short of the Paris Agreement's goals. But the trip is also probably an attempt to resuscitate the image of American climate leadership, eroded by the Trump administration and America's erratic policies at home. Pointing Fingers The Wirecard Investigation Today, the German Parliamentary Committee investigating the Wirecard scandal, in which the payment processing company announced that 1.9 billion euros, 2.1 billion dollars went missing in June 2020, will present an interim report. The fiasco resulted in Wirecard's insolvency. So far, the main targets of criticism have been BaFin, Germany's financial regulator, and EY, the company's auditor. The head of BaFin, his deputy, the boss of APAS, Germany's auditor's supervisor, and the head of FREP, the accounting watchdog, all left their jobs, or said they would because of the scandal. 
the boss of EY Germany stepped aside. And the investigation is far from over. At the end of April, Chancellor Angela Merkel and her finance and economy ministers will appear in front of the committee. Mrs Merkel will probably be grilled on why she praised Wirecars on a trip to China shortly before it collapsed, even though reports in the Financial Times and other publications had already cast doubt on the company's integrity. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Friedrich Schlegel, who was born on this day in 1772. True virtue is genius. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. (laughs) 